Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Wow, you talk about a rapid descent into the abyss. Everybody says reserve judgment, reserve judgment. No one ever reserves judgment. I misquoted myself. Right now, Texas Southern is playing some great basketball. Can't just jump on the side of either part. Back then, they were still serving us Popeye's chicken the night before the game. Just because five people say something doesn't mean all five people are telling the truth. If six people say it, then why would they all lie? There's so many different ways you can flip this pan you can work your whole life to have a reputation, but that can all switch with the stroke of an enter on the keyboard. I'm going to play at the Southside Ducks this year, and next year I'm going with the Raiders. The dangerous diabetic cussing out girls during the national anthem. We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three. Two, one, and once again, two. our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Oh, Mama, there goes that man. You roll. Ladies and gentlemen, star of our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. If this is your first time checking us out, welcome aboard. We certainly appreciate it. And we hope that you make us a part of your podcast menu. If you listen to one, you probably listen to multiple podcasts. We just want to be a part of that. We don't have to be the only one. We just want to be a part of your situation. Nonetheless, uh, if you haven't been here before, and if you have, I want to remind you guys, you can go to wadeswordproductions.com. That's wadeswordproductions.com. And check out uh, past episodes. Check us out. Get information on me, us, we, and uh, all the things that we have going on. So that's wadeswordproductions.com. In addition to that, we have a 24-hour-a-day sports line that you can call. 832-941-6614. You can leave a message with a question, a comment, a critique, a suggestion, whatever you want. 832-941-6614. And you may very well end up in the next podcast. Going to hit some We The People a little bit later on. But also, in addition to all that on social media, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook. Sports Talk with Devin Wade, the page and the group on Facebook and, of course, on Twitter at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. Now, we got most of the business out of the way. So let me tell you what we have coming up. We have some of our usual segments. We have a We the People, as I mentioned, where we hear uh, from a caller. In addition to that, we have Chris Gardner on from Houston Round Ball Review, and he'll talk some basketball, some pro basketball, some women's, some NCAA women's basketball. Uh, he is a uh, really an expert in that area and uh, just a guy that has dedicated a lot of time, a lot of years to covering the women's game and, and the men's game, but uh, he's really made inroads with the women's game. So we talked to him a little bit later. Later on, we have a Lamont Award, where we give uh, the award to the big dummy of the episode. And, of course, we'll hear from our sponsor, our resident DJ. We'll get into some headlines and a whole lot more. Uh, so, I guess all that's left to do is get started. How about some headlines? In headlines, there are a lot of things going on. And the NBA and the NFL, I'll get a little bit into some NFL stuff. But been, uh, I've been uh, focusing a lot on uh, March Madness. 
The University of Houston Cougars, a two-seed in the Midwest, play in a couple of hours. I have to tell you, man, and, and just so you guys will have a little bit of perspective on this, a, a little insight. I've been rolling with those Cougars since 1982. Rob Williams, who's the star, who really led that team. Elijah Wong was on the team. Drexler was on the team. Young was on the team. But it was Rob Williams that led that team to the Final Four. They lost to some guy named Michael Jordan in the national semifinal. It was Rob Williams' worst game ever. But he lived right around the corner. He used to roll a, a 280ZX. Always had some, some arm candy. But he was a neighborhood hero. But beyond that, I mean, a lot of guys on those five slammer jammer teams, and he was, I guess, pre-five slammer jammer. But, again, part of that fraternity that evolved into Five Slamma Jamma. Those were the guys. They were, most of those guys came from local schools. I think, let's see, Drexler came from Sterling. Uh, Larry Mishaw from Worthing. You had Michael Young from Yates. You had Alvin Franklin that came out. Well, and, and Rob went to Milby. So all those guys from, were from right around where we were from. And then, of course, Olajuwon came in 83. Well, he was there in 82, but 83 and 84, those were his teams, uh, and, and along with Clyde and Michael Young. Just, you, they came at the right time, at the right, my right age. And I love those guys. They broke my heart when they lost in 83 and 84. I'm not ashamed to say I cried. Oh, I cried myself to sleep in 83. And, and I mentioned this on the podcast before. And to this day, I never ate. Hey, the work that they do with the V Foundation is really, really wonderful. But I was never Jim Valvano fan, although, again, what's doing, being, being done in his name is absolutely tremendous, uh, and his impact has been great. But, yeah, I wanted to beat them. It was just – it was terrible. It was terrible what happened in 83. 82, you lose to Jordan. And if you lose to – and it really was Sam Perkins and Worthy on that team, Matt Darty. Uh, those were the guys. Jordan was nice. I mean, he, you know, he was nice, but it, that was really worthy in Perkins' team. Those were the guys, really, honestly, in, in '82. But Jordan uh, did his thing in the championship game and, and against Georgetown. But I, I say that to say, uh, I, you know, I have a an emotional sort of almost a childhood connection to the University of Houston Cougars, and of course, I root for them. I don't follow them, of course, like I follow. Texas Southern, and I don't keep up with them until this time of year. You always keep up with them. But just to say, hey, every single night, unless they are well on their way to like having a lot of success where you say, okay, this is a great season for them, which has been lately with Kelvin Sampson, then, you know, I, you know, I just keep a, a glancing out. But now in the Final Four, I've been watching them. Uh, and I've watched probably more U of H basketball this year than I have. And part of that is because they've been nationally televised. But I have watched more U of H basketball than I have in years. Uh, but, you know, you keep up with the program. And they squeaked by uh, the last game versus Rutgers. Really, man. And I, I found myself really, really nervous like in the old days. So I guess that just that childhood connection is is something. So we'll have to see if they can get it done in a couple of hours versus Syracuse in that matchup zone, that mysterious, that, that perplexing uh, matchup zone that Jim uh, Beheim, Beheim uh, he, what he runs, the, what he does and has a lot of success with. I mean, just, I mean, a legendary coach, one of the best ever to do it on the college level. So that's going on. Baylor, a number one seed, looks like they are going to get past Villanova. So they keep rolling. And 
And I think the women won this afternoon as well. We'll talk a little bit about them a little bit later on with Chris Gardner. So uh, that's going on. March Madness is going on. And the NBA trade trade deadline came and went uh, significantly, and you can debate it, but Victor Oladipo uh, goes to the Miami Heat. Rockets get almost nothing in return. Avery Bradley. I mean, it wasn't a a fair trade, but again, he was about to leave anyway, and the Rockets certainly want to make sure they have a top four pick. So anything that happens along the way, although last night, absolutely humiliating, they lose on a 22-0 run by the Minnesota Timberwolves. Just, there's a way to lose, and there's a way that you just can't forget that kind of loss that they had last night. Uh, But they're clearly in rebuild mode. And part of that is getting a top four pick. So we'll have to see what happens with that. Also, Rajon Rondo goes to the Clippers and will provide some needed postseason experience. And I think that that is a great move for the Clippers. Uh, The Lakers, again, basketball, you have time. You still have LeBron and Anthony Davis out with the Lakers. So that's going to be a while before they get their thing worked out. In addition to that in the NFL, some trades, big trades. You're talking about the San Francisco 49ers moving up to the number three spot, making a trade with the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins moved down to six in that trade and pick up an extra pick next year. They parlay that six. They turn that six into a 12 with some more picks and a flip-flop of picks. Uh, I mean, so just they hauled in a bag of goodies for a couple of picks, and they will be loaded. All they have to do, they can almost use a dartboard and you have to hit on a couple guys. With all of the picks you have in the early rounds of the NFL draft over the next two or three years, man, all you have to do is just throw a dart. You got it. You're in, and it's inevitable you're going to hit on some talent. So we'll have to see what happens. But it looks like they say, hey, they, they be, uh, the 49ers say they remain committed to Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm, we'll see what that means. But I think it buys Tua Tungavailoa another year to prove himself one way or the other. And then if it doesn't work out, they can package those picks and move up to get a quarterback next year. So we'll have to see. So a lot of movement left in the NFL. So we'll have to check on a number of those things. So those are a few of the headlines. Other things are going on. But, of course, uh, it's been a minute since I've come to you guys. And uh, we'll we'll be caught up as we start to do more uh, podcasts on a more frequent basis. No new news on Deshaun Watson other than more. More lawsuits, 16 now. And, again, everybody that I know is trying to navigate and steer clear, make sure we strike the right tone as media members to make sure that we're not insensitive to real victims, and if if that, in fact, is the case, and to make sure that we are not convicting Deshaun Watson or exonerating him one way or the other, trying to stay right down the middle. You know, I don't know. What I feel, I, I can tell you this. This is what I feel in, in some respects. Because I, I, I waver, I waver. It just seems to me it's difficult when one guy is the one that rounds up all of these victims. Now, again, that's not to say that it's not true. It's just so nobody ever got another lawyer anywhere. I, you know, I mean, maybe those things will come out in the wash. But, I mean, I know that he's representing all of them, but. How does this happen? And we'll have to see. And, of course, you're starting to hear drips and drabs of information from the Deshaun Watson camp to say that, hey, this was 
an attempted blackmail and some supporting, uh, some corroborating evidence or testimony is coming with that. So we'll have to, that thing will be going on for a while, but it's looking more and more like that, that Deshaun is going to, it's hard to imagine that this will be resolved by August. So it's looking like, I'm thinking he'll be on the commissioner's exempt list where he'll get paid, but will not be allowed to play. We'll have to see uh, how that goes. Speaking of Deshaun Watson, got I uh, took a call or two. And actually, I had I took three calls, and they had some some technical difficulties with a couple of the calls. But we were able to salvage one call, and I'm gonna play it for you. Time for we the people. Of course, in the we the people segment, we check the phone lines eight three two. 941-6614. But we also uh, post questions, poll questions, and get feedback on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page on Facebook. So those are ways that this can be as interactive as it can be in this format. Although we're going to do some th- different things. I think we're going to do some some live stuff for you guys, maybe Facebook or Instagram Live, so you can all check that out. But let's go to the phone lines and see what we got. What's going on, Devin Wade? Hope all is well. It's your boy, Nate Jones. Just calling the time in on this whole Deshaun Watson situation. First off, just want to go ahead and put the disclaimer out there that this situation is very unfortunate. It's always unfortunate to hear something like this occurring, particularly if it's true. Um, it's unfortunate there are victims of uh, what's been alleged, and it's unfortunate there's a perpetrator involved. Now, if it's untrue, Hell, it's still unfortunate because it's unfortunate that somebody would lie about something like that. And it's unfortunate that a man got to get his name sullied in the general public. Now that we got that out of the way, I know it's a lot of people saying that uh, this is, you know, the Texans are up to some foolishness and foolery. I have no idea whether that's true or not. And I have no idea whether Deshaun Watson did this or not because I don't know that man. I ain't never met the man. I just happen to know he's good at football. Hell, great at football. So, you know, I'm I I'm I'm gonna save my judgment on whether I think he did it until some more facts come out, I put it that way. But I don't know enough. I've read uh, you know, as much as I can on the subject, which is a you know, fairly whatever's out there, I didn't read it multiple sources. Um, I noticed that one of the women, uh at least one of the women that I read about was flown in from Atlanta and I just gotta say, she must be very good at what she does for a man to fly her in. For a massage, like all the massage parlors we got in Houston, and you flying in one from Atlanta. I mean, dang, you know what? It's inspiring to me from that standpoint because I want to get to the point where I can afford to just fly masseuses in, take care of the cricks and cranks in, in my body, man. But see, me personally, I wouldn't. I, I don't know if I would necessarily bring them in from Atlanta. I, I didn't. I went out to San Diego, man, and man, San Diego got some bad women. So I might just fly. You know, I want to get to the point where I can fly some in from San Diego or something. But see, me, man, I'm going to get paperwork and have them sign uh, waivers and uh, let them know, you know, this session is going to be recorded just in case, ain't you know, something foolery is up afoot. You know, hopefully I'll get to the point in life where people might be trying to come after me and, and but I want to make sure I got my, my T's crossed and my I's dotted, you know, so I'm going to have some, some – this massage session is going to be recorded just in case. You try to put a fast one on your boy. But, look, I don't know if the man did it. I'm leaning towards just being on the fence. I'm just going to stay on the fence about this one for now. Um, but I hope it's not true. 
And if it is true, then I hope that, you know, justice is served. I want to thank Nate for checking in. And you know what? I want to, I'm so grateful that this is a, a, a platform in which you can unburden yourself. A very aspirational call uh, by Nate. And, and we got a chance to know Nate on a different level. Now, we know that he aspires <laughs> to be sued and exploited by masseuses from San Diego. <laughs> but that's my boy. But I think in, in many ways, he speaks for a lot of folks who you don't want this to be true. But you're going to stay on the fence. He's staying on the fence. I think a lot of people are staying on the fence because it's just some oddities there. It's one of those things that can captivate the public's imagination because there's some weird things there. So you have on one hand uh, this uh, this Tony Busby high-profile failed mayoral candidate for the city of Houston rounding up uh, women from all over the country. No, like no one else has filed a police report or went to any other attorney, but just to him. And then he also has uh, his neighbors with the Texans owner. I don't believe it's a conspiracy. And I hear a lot of people, here's the here's the odd thing. You hear a lot of people knocking the conspiracy theory, but these are the same people who knocked the election <laughs> of the president. So you believe in that conspiracy, but if you believe in another conspiracy, you're just totally off. Now, again, I don't think that this is a, a conspiracy because it's, it doesn't serve the Texans well. Now, I know that I have heard from people who really believe that they want to sell it. The organization wants to sell his name because how dare he want to be away from him? I don't think that that is the case because that damages the what what they can get in return to get rid of him. So I don't think that you would cut off your nose to spite your face. So, but I just find it funny that one group of conspiracy theorists think another group of conspiracy theorists are just, oh, you just way out of line. <laughs> so, meanwhile, you're waiting for the day that the real inauguration is going to take place. <laughs> but nonetheless, a lot of people are on the fence with that. But, uh, and I think that, that is the safest, most appropriate way to be. You have to be, uh, you have to really, really exercise uh, sort of patience here and let these things uh, come out because I will tell you this: Tony Busby and his team are doing a tremendous job of sandbagging uh, the defense and, and really putting uh, Deshaun on the defensive uh, in a major, major way because the, the way the information is coming out, how he's doing it, you know, the numbers are getting huge. So yeah, we'll have to see if that ultimately means one thing or another as it pertains to guilt or innocence for Deshaun Watson. We're that going to take a time out and uh, hear from our sponsor, Cobank Homes, and our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. On the other side, our interview with Howard Guy, the basketball expert, uh, Chris Gardner. That's coming up in just a little bit. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast anywhere you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. 
Kobeg Homes through Keller Williams. want to remind you guys that if you have music you want heard on the podcast just email us music at wadeswordproductions.com i mean your music your music is someone in your family someone you know a fledgling artist someone who wants to expose their music to our audience again we'll play a snippet at the halfway point and an entire track or an extended portion of a mix at the end of the podcast so if you have something you want heard make sure you email us music at wadeswordproductions.com the genre does not matter any kind of music will do and that'll be just great now a couple things i want to thank all of you i mean so many people have reached out to me uh i had a birthday this week and uh part of that is the reason why i've been kind of out of pocket it's been it's been a weird time it's been very, very busy, but hundreds, hundreds of people, literally hundreds of people either email me, message me or texted me. It is amazing and it's overwhelming. And I just can't say thank you enough to all of those folks who who reached out to me. And, and I have to explain something and I won't get too much into detail, but my birthday is a very bittersweet situation for me without going into detail and i think most of you if you listen for a while you know what it's about you know about that and you know why my birthday is a little bit not uh like anyone else's so it's it's a bittersweet day that you know we have to manage to get through and i tell you what we uh it's easy to get through with all the love and the support from you guys just say just shouting me out man i certainly appreciate that and for all of those folks who have gone on to support me and support this podcast with financial contributions. First and foremost, you can go to LiberaPay, L-I-B-E-R-P-A-Y, L-I-B-E-R-P-A-Y, all one word, LiberaPay.com. Search for the Sports Talk with Devin Wade, and then you, too, can make a financial contribution to support us. Not, not a lot. Not a lot at all. Just whatever you feel. If you find entertainment here and you want this to continue and to grow and expand and uh, allow us the ability to do more of the things that we really want to do to bring you quality programming, please go to Liberia Pay and uh, go to and look for Sports Talk with Devin Wade. And it's safe and it's a good way to just say, hey, man, we really appreciate what you do. Uh, because, again, it's labor intensive. It's a situation where it takes uh, a lot of work to put on uh, shows like this. So, uh, again, your support is greatly appreciated because there's so many things that we would like to do. And any financial contributions will make that easier for us to get done. That being said, my man Errol Wilkes came through for me in a big way. We certainly appreciate that. And he came directly to me. Uh, Pernell Harvey. Man, 
another person that again and there are others that i haven't mentioned that are just showing up big time with those contributions and that really really helps us to do what we do so thank you thank you and thank you and again liberapay.com sports talk with devin wade now want to uh, go to a conversation we had a few days ago now we were supposed to have this podcast up a couple days ago but a few days ago we weren't able to make that happen but I did catch up with him. He's been in the game for a long, long time. Him and my boy Jerry Woodley, they uh, work good together, and they do uh, great things covering women's sports. But he also covers basketball of all sorts. He knows a lot about U of H. He knows a lot about the WNBA. He knows many college coaches. He covers the women's Final Four. And we had an opportunity to talk to him a little bit about the women's game and some uh, some rocket stuff, and uh, we just had an interesting conversation. Our first visit with Chris Gardner from the Houston Round Ball Review. For more content, go to WaysWordProductions.com. As promised, our guy Chris Gardner on the podcast for the very first time. It's such an honor to have you and uh, have an opportunity to talk to you because you sort of staked out your area of expertise a long time ago with basketball. But specifically, you've done a tremendous job with women's college basketball. Give us a little bit of background of how long you've been in the game and what sort of things that you've been working on throughout the years. First, brother, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. I see you doing big things, so I wish you continued success. Well, I appreciate um, that. Houston Round Bar Review started in 94, 95 as an NBA draft publication a long, long time ago. But since then, I kind of shifted gears a little bit when the comments existed and first started and were successful. So I followed the WNBA for a minute. And then around 2000, I started going to the Women's Final Four. I think the first one I went to was in San Antonio in whether it's 2002 2003 something like that and i've been approved credentialed ever since then for those and then i mixed in men's final fours here and there when they were in houston so i've been covering women's basketball women's college basketball uh u of h men successful right now so i've been covering them for last i think since i mean for since Clyde was head coach <laughs> so but college ball is my main thing now but i still do the rockets in the nba yeah, and you carved out quite a, a, a reputation, too, and especially in the women's game. It, it seems like you have anybody virtually in, in the WNBA kind of on speed dial. From my experience, just knowing you've been able to reach out and, and connect with a lot of people from around uh, women's college basketball and the WNBA, do you still foster those relationships and you still hold a lot of relationships in, in that way? still have connections in the league office, the WNBA league office. I still have, you know, Cheryl Swoop, Cynthia Cooper, Tina Thompson, I still talk to them. But once the Comets disbanded, I don't spend much time on the WNBA like I used to. I've gotten back into it a little bit, but not a lot, especially the last year when the NBA was in the bubble and playing the same time as the WNBA, I covered the NBA. So once everything returns to normal, I will probably devote some time in the summer to the WNBA more than now. Well, I wanted to ask you about a couple of things. I want to start talking uh, about the women's uh, brackets in the, the NCAA tournament. And one thing, I, I, t I don't know if this is a, a, a tendency year in, year out, but all the number ones and all the number twos have made it to the Sweet 16. No upsets like you see on the men's side. What do you see when you just sort of glance at what's happening in the women's tournament so far? This year, there were seven or eight teams better than everybody else, head and shoulders above everybody else, which is more in previous years because some years it was UConn and the rest. 
There's no question who number one was and then number two, the field. But um, this year, there were some, not many upsets, especially compared to the men's tournament, which you got, I think, what, three double-digit seeds in the Sweet 16 on the men's side and none on the women's side. I think the lowest seed on the women's side is maybe a two sixes. So, uh, as you said, most uh, all, all the ones, all the twos on the women's side, South Carolina, Stanford, UConn, of course, and NC State are the four ones. Baylor's playing well as a two seed. Texas, the Texas schools are doing well. We got Baylor, Texas A&M, and a surprise, Texas Longhorns. Coach Vic Schaefer's first year as head coach with Texas. That team has been so injured and lacked depth. No one probably outside of that locker room expected them to reach the 316 this year. But he's got a great incoming recruiting class. So it, it may be uh, won't be long before the Longhorns get to the Final Four. Well, you know, the A&M uh, Lady Aggies have been a big-time story because they squeaked by on what was a controversial no-call with the backcourt. That, that sort of made news. And then what they did versus uh, I, was it Iowa State last night. What a uh, big comeback in overtime. Talk a little bit about the Lady Aggies and, and sort of their rocky but successful tournament run so far. I mean, they could have lost both of those games and, and probably could have made a case that they should have lost last night, but uh, what do you think of AM and what they've been able to do? They have found ways to win. They have not played well in these first two games up to the regular season standards when they were good defensively and offensively. First two games of the tournament, the defense let them down. Their offense from other players other than Jordan Nixon have not stepped up and shot the ball well from the perimeter. Jordan Nixon came through big time for the Aggies against Iowa State to get to the Sweet 16, that buzzer beater that she hit for the win in overtime, 84-82. But they got to play better. They're playing Arizona. Arizona has an All-American candidate in Ari McDonald in the backcourt. She's small. She's 5'6", but she's quick. She's a scorer. I say more scorer than shooter, but the Aggies do have a lot of depth in the backcourt, so they can throw a lot of players at her. So it's got to be kind of interesting to see how the Aggies' guards handle Ari McDonald. I want to talk about South Carolina and Don Staley and how remarkable it's been what she's done there and how she's turned that program into a national powerhouse perennially. Talk a little bit about what Don Staley has done in South Carolina. I'm so happy for her success. She did a great job at Temple, and then she took over for a bigger job, recognition, more money, bigger conference at South Carolina. She's built that program, the fan base from the ground up, and she's finally was able to get top-tier talent. You know, that's why they are where they are. And she has not been quiet or held her tongue when it comes to things important to her, like social justice. She speaks up. She knows who she is. She's an African-American woman. She lets you know that in case you, for some reason, don't know. She's proud of it. She's proud of the success that her team has, her players have, and other African-American women coaching in the game. Yes, I mean, just a wonderful job she's done. Also want to ask you about, obviously, the, the weight room controversy where the uh, one of the young ladies from, uh, I want to say Oregon, stepped up and went on TikTok and showed the sort of the big disparity between uh, what the men got in the way of weights and workout equipment versus the women. What do you think about that and how that's played out? And. Sedona Prince is who you're thinking of, young lady at Oregon Center, who transferred from Texas to go to Oregon. She put that on TikTok. I'm not a TikTok person. It's just <laughs> not, not my thing. But what you're showing is this generation is not going to be silent. They're not going to be quiet. 
they're going to speak out if they think things are wrong. They have the platform and social media to express themselves and, and show the world what's going on and what needs to be corrected in their eyes. Devin, the NCAA has dropped the ball for women's sports for years. But at the same time, they try to tout that they are Title IX supporters. Well, Title IX says accommodation need to be the same for your male athletes and your female athletes. NCAA has done that. This weight room disaster has been brought to the forefront because of COVID, because the men's tournament and women's tournament are played in, as they call it, controlled environments, bubbles. So you're really getting a, a firsthand example to see how the NCAA is handling the men's tournament and the women's tournament, because they are in control of the amenities, the testing, the weight room, the food. They aren't the same. Yeah, and that's a, it's beginning to be a, a big problem, and I know that that really embarrassed the NCAA, and I'm glad that they were exposed for it. For not, I mean, that was just awful. Uh, the one little set of a uh, rack of uh, hand weights, it was it was kind of unbelievable to see. Uh, but hopefully they've gotten that corrected since then, and again, a, a light has been shown on that. Gino Ariema missed a couple games because of co uh, positive COVID test. He tested positive for COVID. Uh, do you see UConn going all the way? Who who's going to win this thing? I don't see them doing winning the whole thing this year. I think they should be Iowa when they play Saturday, and the game's going to be on ABC, twelve o'clock. Two of the top freshmen in the country, one for UConn, Paige Beckers, and the other for Iowa, Caitlin Clark. Not only are they two of the top freshmen, they're two of the top players in the country. I think UConn will beat Iowa, but I think assuming Baylor beats Michigan. Baylor will be UConn in the Elite Eight. Just to clarify, so who you saying Baylor going to win it all? Is that who you said? I'm saying Baylor's going to beat UConn. Okay. Well, that, that, we want to make sure it's, it's clear. <laughs> so yeah. When you yeah. – uh, I, I haven't said – let me look at it. Let me think real quick. Uh, to win it all, I just I'm, – I'm not going to pick Stanford. I'm going to – wow, that's, that's real tough because there are some clear teams of the 16 remaining. I'll pick South Carolina. Why not? Hold, hold me to that. Okay. Don, Don Staley to win it all. So I want to ask you about the NBA trade deadline has come and gone. Anything significant? I know there are a lot of really key role players that have shifted teams. Anything stood out to you this afternoon from what we've seen before the trade deadline? Yeah, what the Rockets got for Victor Oladipo. Which was? That, that, well, it wasn't enough. Kelly Olenek and Avery Bradley. And a swap of first round picks in 2022. That that's <laughs> you know, Rafael Stone his first year, this might have been his his worst deal he's made so far. And what do you think is going on there? Obviously, this has just been a nightmarish season from the word go. You have a coach come in and and then Westbrook and, and Harden are gone. You bring in cousins, let him go pretty quick. And then, of course, injuries have haunted this team. You lose 20 in a row. You finally win a game. Now you trade a, a guy like Oladipo, who really, he's a free agent at the end of the year anyway, but and he wasn't coming back. But right. well, what do you think? Do you have any kind of faith that they can get this thing turned around and say the next uh, four or five years? <laughs> yeah, I think so. You know, they've been snake bit with, with all the injuries. So first they got to get healthy. So if they do that, they do have some nice young pieces. I think you said the four, five, four to five year window. John Wall will not be part of that, but I think you can build around Christian Wood, Jay Sean Tate, K 
Kevin Porter Jr. and then draft picks that they're going to get because they finally do have draft picks, first round picks. The key thing to this season, we the, the, well, this summer, will be if they can keep their top four pick because if it's not in the top four, that pick will go to, they'll swap it out with OKC. Now, they still have three first round picks, but top four in this year's draft got some really impactful rookies coming in and getting past four, they'll lose that pick. So they'll really, they lose a chance of getting an impact rookie at the top of the draft. Now, I know I've heard talk of Mobley from USC and also Kay Cunningham, Oklahoma State. Who are two or three or four of those guys that should go that are really impact players? Because my understanding is there are about three or four guys that can really impact your team and then a bunch of good players after that. Agreed. Kay Cunningham, I think, would help the Rockets a lot. Evan Mobley, seven-foot freshman at USC, I think. With Christian Wood here, I'm not sure how much he would help them here. But Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga, Jalen Green from the G League will be, I think, 19 when he enters the draft. Jonathan Kaminga, also G League, that G League elite team, which is made up of really top high school players who were seniors last year in high school but took a year off to go to the G League and develop. But, yeah, there's there's talent there for sure. How can folks uh, hear you and read you or, or come into contact with all that you're doing? Because you stay really, really busy. How can folks uh, catch up and hear more of you? Appreciate that, man. My website is HoustonRoundBallReview.com. Houston Round Ball Review on YouTube. Houston Round Ball Review on Instagram. Twitter is a little bit different. It's T-H-E-H-R Review. So V or The depending on where you're from, HR Review. Hey, man, we certainly appreciate the time. And and good to finally uh, catch up with you. And I'm certain now that we have, I'm going to tap you on the shoulder again and try to get some more information because I know you live and breathe basketball. I mean, you're a walking encyclopedia uh, of basketball, and we certainly appreciate the time. Man, I look forward to joining you again, man. Thanks a lot. For past episodes or more content, go to wadeswordproductions.com. I want to thank Chris, and I'm just we just scratched the surface of some of his basketball knowledge. Hopefully, we'll get an opportunity to visit him. And if you get an opportunity, be sure you check him out, the Houston Round Ball Review, and on those social media locations that he named and stated for you guys, so you can check him out and uh, keep up with him because he 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 works, he grinds it out. So with that, it's time for the Lamont Award. You know bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks with no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the player, team, entity, someone in or around the world of sports that we deem to be the big dummy of the podcast. Well, this time out, and we touched on it a little bit, but the NCAA, how insulting and dismissive can you be? To not only, it would have been better. Okay, just so again, so I can set the stage for you guys. So because of COVID, of course, these tournaments are being held in relative bubbles. Everybody's in Indianapolis and every uh, on the men's side and all the women are in or around San Antonio. Same, same situation. And with that, I, and, and I have been tremendously impressed because our guy Larry the Chatterbox Hill was down with, uh, he was in Indy. 
with the Texas Southern Tigers. And, of course, SWAC Commissioner Charles McClellan, who told us he was going, he's there. And to see every single thing that they've done to make life bearable for these guys who are almost secluded in many, many ways from the, the number of tests they take to the just the hotels, the the snacks, the food, the the other accommodations, the study areas, everything that they are providing for these men and women to a lesser extent uh, to make sure that the tournament goes off without a hitch. I mean, and to really make the best of an awful situation and to make sure that this tournament goes on without interruption from COVID. Although VCU has already had to drop out because of COVID, but at least it's not. You, you're able to have a tournament. It's not every other team. And it's because of all the precautions and the, the millions of dollars they've spent to make this go on. They provided just huge workout facilities for the men. You would think that everything you do, and because of Title IX, whatever you do for the men, you're supposed to do for the women. And you would think that they would come close. Even if you don't match, if you don't have, say, 50,000 pounds of weights, you have 40,000 pounds of weights. Something, I mean, something comparable, okay? Something comparable. And if you want to put the 50,000 in, you can. I mean, equal is equal, so that's fine. But... To give the ladies a rack of hand weights is just beyond. I mean, it is so ridiculous when you think you guys spent the better part of a year organizing to make sure that these tournaments go on and go off without a hitch. You you planned everything to a detail. I mean, you have some of the smartest people from college campuses and and universities from all over the country. You have executives who have been from have experienced all over corporate America. You have people who have planned this down to a T, and no one thought to give the women more than a a, a rack of hand weight. I rather you just not give them anything, so you can just say, "Oh, we totally." But to say, "Hey, well, it's." It is crazy. And they were exposed on TikTok. Young lady from Oregon exposed them, and they've since corrected it. But it is just, it's embarrassing what they did. And for that reason, you all are big dummies. You big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> What a blatant example of disregard. It's uh, It was something to see. If you hadn't seen the TikTok, just Google it. You'll have an opportunity to check that out. With that, about to wrap up and get out of here. So, before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, hey, want to thank our guy Chris Gardner. I want to thank Cobank Holmes. want to thank our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. want to thank Nate Jones for checking in. Our guy Nate, we certainly appreciate that. want to encourage you guys to give us a call, 832-941-6614. Give me your comments on Deshaun Watson or whatever else you want to talk about. In addition to that, make sure you go to wadeswordproductions.com. And I didn't mention this, but please subscribe to the email list. And, of course, LaBeerPay.com, Sports Talk with Devin Wade. You can make a contribution. Uh, we look forward to coming to you a couple times next week. So look for that as we get rolling here. Been sidetracked a lot of the winter storm kind of derailed you, boy. I still have some 
pipe and home damage. I have massive renovations that are going to have to take place. So a lot is going on. So, I'm, But I'm thinking of you guys every day, and I love hearing from you on social media, and I want to hear from more of you guys on the sports line. I want to thank you for all of those things, but I also want you to remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.